There were more signs overnight of a soft landing for the US economy, which drove US Treasury yields down as much as 11 basis points. But the Aussie and Kiwi dollars are weaker this morning after a credit rating warning for China and an RBA hold that some of the markets saw as less hawkish than expected. It's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ's head of Asia research, Kun Go, explains why the US Federal Reserve's decisions are so important for Asian currencies such as the renminbi and the baht next year. We are looking for the Fed to cut rates and that should take the heat out of the US dollar. So we are looking for an end to US dollar exceptionalism and that will allow Asian currencies to start to recover. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, US job openings data for last week was softer than expected overnight, but services sector activity was stronger than expected. These signs of a softer labour market, but without a recession, reinforced expectations the Fed is executing a pinpoint soft landing. The US two-year Treasury yield fell 7 basis points to 4.58%, and the 10-year fell 11 basis points to 4.17%. Despite their drag on the US dollar from lower interest rates, the Aussie and Kiwi dollars were relatively soft this morning. That's after Moody's warned last night it might downgrade China's sovereign credit rating because of a weak economic growth outlook there, which didn't help the commodity currencies. And some in the market saw the RBA's hold yesterday as a little bit less hawkish than it could have been. As of 5am Sydney Melbourne time, the Aussie is at 65.55 US cents. That's down a cent from just before the RBA decision. The Kiwi is down 61.33 US cents. That's down from over 62 cents as recently as Monday. Gold, it edged lower too. Remember it was at its record highs on Monday. It's at $2,036 an ounce this morning. US stocks are largely unchanged in late trade. Number two, the RBA left its cash rate on hold yesterday at 4.35%, as expected, and with the same tightening bias. ANZ's head of Australian economics, Adam Boyton, still thinks this will be the peak for the cash rate, before cuts start at the very end of next year. He says the bank's comments about its rate hike in November reinforced the idea it was a one-off, rather than the beginning of a fresh series of hikes. There was an interesting thing in yesterday's statement from the Reserve Bank, and that's that they devoted an entire paragraph to uh, telling us why they increased interest rates in November. Uh, That's unusual because, of course, they've had the November statement to do that. They've had the November meeting minutes. Uh, There's been a lot of communication from the bank since November. So I think what they're doing there is just trying to reinforce the the view that... uh, The decision to hike in November wasn't the start of a series of rate hikes, but was more the board responding to the risk that inflation doesn't return to the target in 2025. Number three, Adam also finalised his Australian GDP growth forecast for the September quarter. That data is due out later today. He expects 0.3% growth for the quarter, which would give annual growth of 1.7%. Now that's below trend. I don't think a GDP growth number of 0.3 holds many implications for the RBA. Look, there will be, I guess, potentially a wrinkle in the national accounts uh, today, and that is we're expecting to see quite strong growth in nominal unit labour costs. They could be up around 2% in the quarter. This is important because nominal unit labour costs are a 
key driver of the, uh, I, I guess they're a key input into the RBA's inflation forecasts. But it's important to remember the Q3 GDP data assented back in August. And when the RBA board meets again, it'll be February 2024. Number four, global markets are very much focused on the Fed's decision next week, which is seen as a hold. It's all about when it might start cutting. That quite dovish view about a soft landing in the US and Fed rate cuts from midway through next year is what's driving those global currency markets, says ANZ's head of FX research, Marjabin Zaman. She says the US dollar index's fall from 105 to 103 over the last month, in line with US market interest rates, has gone about as far as it can with expectations in the market of about 125 basis points of Fed rate cuts next year. Given that markets already are pricing in extremely dovish expectations with the Fed rate cuts, from 125 basis points here, the risk is, while it may be two-way, I think you have a lesser chance of these you know, 125 basis points of rate cuts in 2024 to move to, let's say, 150 or 175. It's already, I would say, quite dovish from here. And so that, that also correlates to our view on the USD, where we think that that's going to be consolidating around 103 into the end of the year. Number five. Markets are now gearing up for US non-farm payrolls on Friday night. ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, writes this morning from London that weaker-than-expected job opening numbers overnight reinforce those expectations that the US labour market is softening, just as the Fed needs for it to engineer a soft landing. The current consensus for US jobs growth in November in those non-farm payrolls figures is around about 180,000. Now that's up from 150,000 in October. But not too hot, not too cold, just right for the Fed to leave rates on hold next week and start cutting next year. Now, in part one of our bonus deep dive interview, I talk with ANZ's head of Asia research, Kun Go in Singapore, about the outlook for Asia's currencies next year. Well, for Asian currencies generally, we are expecting them to perform much better in 2024. Asian currencies have been under pressure the last few years on the back of the strong dollar and the aggressive rate hikes from the Fed. But the situation is set to turn next year. Uh, we are looking for the Fed to cut rates and that should take uh, the heat out of the US dollar. So we are looking for an end to US dollar exceptionalism and that will allow Asian currencies to start to recover. Now, amongst the Asian currencies, uh, we expect the more technology export-orientated economies to outperform. Uh, in this regard, our preferred currencies or the currencies that we look for biggest appreciation will be the South Korean won and the Taiwan dollar. Uh, both are uh, export-orientated, but importantly, uh, very much geared towards the semiconductor space. And we've already seen a strong recovery in the semiconductor sales cycle, and we expect that to continue to pick up, which will benefit the exports of those two economies proportionately more. In addition to that, we've seen a lot of foreign equity outflows from both South Korea and Taiwan in the last year. So that should unwind as investors start to go back into those markets on the back of the recovery in exports and growth that we expect. For Thailand, Thai growth has been disappointing this year as the tourism rebound hasn't been as 
as strong as what we had anticipated. But with the recent visa waivers from China and India, uh, we think we'll start to see a meaningful pickup in tourist numbers into the peak tourism season, uh, which will help to see the BART uh, outperform as well. How do you see China's situation with a potential easing of policy there playing into how Asian currencies perform? Well, for China, the uh, overall economic rebound is still somewhat patchy. Uh, as we saw with today's uh, PMI numbers, um, it's still been you know, slightly on the weak side. Uh, but we do see the cumulative effects of the various stimulus measures eventually starting to bear fruit, and we should start to see hopefully a more sustained recovery into next year. And now we expect the PBOC to continue to support the economy, potentially with more monetary policy easing, particularly through triple R cuts. Normally, that would put pressure on the Chinese yuan, but because we are now in an environment where the market is looking for rate cuts from the Fed, I think if the PBOC were to ease policy, it's not going to necessarily put pressure on the yuan. Uh, in fact, we've already seen the yuan strengthen quite a bit uh, in the last few weeks as uh, exporters start to repatriate their accumulated export earnings. I anticipate that to continue. ANZ Kuhn go there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Wednesday, December the 6th. Look out tomorrow for part two of that deep dive interview with Kuhn Go, where he looks in depth at the Indian rupee and the Singapore dollar. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.